0: Morning, friend. Happy to be here again this morning to, in the service of the Lord, and uh, a little bit tired. As is saying, it was not. I guess I had the flu too, but I was um, just overworked. I had five weeks straight, and it uh, kind of just kind of run my resistance down. Although it never kept me from getting fat, I just keep getting fatter all the time. <laughs> I but. Most of my last meeting was more or less in just preaching, you see, and so it, uh, well, it's, we had quite a few healing services, but most of in the preaching service. We're indeed grateful for this privilege of being here today to serve the Lord, to be in the tabernacle, to be with Brother Neville here again, that's have such a wonderful introduction and makes you feel Better if he's feeling bad. That would make you feel good, wouldn't it? Just know that people like him. Now, don't you just like for somebody to like him? I do. One night I was walking out of the tabernacle here. Now, I hope they're not on the recordings of these yet. But I was walking out of the tabernacle here oh, a few years ago, and some lady met me back there. She said, oh, Brother Bill, she said, that sure was a good message. I, I said, thank you, Sister. Oh, it made me feel good, you know. Walked over and some some place and said, you know, I wouldn't put up with that. And I said, What? said, oh, well, I don't want nobody to brag on me or say something. I said, just, I do, see. And I said, just one difference between you and I, I'm telling the truth, you see. <laughs> That's right. It really makes anyone, you... If you if you try, if someone tells you, you you appreciate it, the efforts that you make, it makes you feel a lot better about it, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. Now, today, uh, I would like to make this announcement, if Brother Neville and the congregation be pleased in, with the good Lord, uh, I've tried it for about seven or eight years and succeeded twice. I would like to have a regular healing service next Sunday morning, if we could, just a regular healing service, and um, we tried it several times, and it succeeded here one night, we had one, and the Lord was so good to us, he let a, there was, the papers rolled it up, and there was a a girl here in a wheelchair, been in here for a long time, the only wheelchair we had in the building, I believe. She'd been something wrong with her, and she neglected something, a call from the Lord, and uh, told her 17 years or something she'd been in this wheelchair, and right here, when they packed her wheelchair up there and set her down, she got right up and walked out of the building. A normal, whole woman had a man laying here on the platform, and as the paper said, was just a shadow of a man, and the Lord healed him, he had walked, and I don't know how long he got up and walked away. Then one night down at the high school, we had down there, and the Holy Spirit came down, and we had a regular healing service. And so they, I believe there's some of them here, I believe Sister Rooks, I believe that was the night of her healing. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. was there. And um, many things have taken place during that time uh, since some healing services. Now, We've tried two or three different times to have it. It's not very often. This uh, being my home, a- anyone knows what the Scripture says about being in your home and among your people and so forth. It's kind of uh, uh, odd. It just doesn't work like it, it should work, you see. And um, am I doing something wrong, Brother B? Oh, that's awesome. am I? all right. Okay. Oh, Lord, oh yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when, um, when in these uh, services now, if the Lord, how many would like to see a real healing service here at the Tabernacle? My, that would you pray for? It? Yeah. Now I had Leo and Jean; they were here somewhere. I was going to give them some cards this morning, and then I thought, well, I to come down and give out the prayer cards and line up a prayer line, and then I got the, so awfully tired, and oh, I thought I'd just better come down and speak a little while today, and. And then start next Sunday morning. How about a sunrise service? Yes, a sunrise service that begins from five to six o'clock. I believe or something like that, isn't it? From five. What time does the sunrise? Six o'clock. six o'clock, or or it'd be from five until six, then. that'll be an hour of worship. See. Uh, That ain't going to hurt you get up that early. Uh, Catholics get up every morning, Sunday morning like that, and go to church. And Protestants ought to be willing to do it once a year, don't you think? It's sunrise. Now, it's not, I'm just going to speak a few moments, and then it's a worship service. Then hurry right on home, and you eat your breakfast. I won't. Then I'll maybe stay at the church then uh, if the Lord willing now Brother Neville will announce it on his program next Saturday if it continues that way it'll be on the program next Saturday morning between 9 and 9.30 I think that's right it's brother, on WLRP out of New Albany and then we may put a little piece in the paper too of the Jeffersonville New Albany paper which many of our people come from these sections being next week long Friday or Saturday's paper and then um we would like to come down, and then uh, after that, then I'll have the boys to come down and give out the prayer cards for you at 9 o'clock, just at 9. And um, that'll let everything get quietened down by 9.30, and then I'll come out of the room and we'll start, have a Sunday morning or Easter sunrise, this regular uh, sermon, and then start a prayer line. And then... Um, It'll be decided this week or not. Uh, They've got some people here that's candidates for water baptism. And Easter, I think, is one of the most marvelous times for baptism. And uh, we'll either have it Easter right immediately after the healing service or either that night a baptismal service. It'll mean a full day next Sunday. So be in prayer. And... We're very grateful to the Lord. Just a little report now about the meeting. I heard brothers saying you all were praying. I certainly depend on that. My, when I see times are going real contrary, then I I just think, well, somewhere there's somebody praying. Uh, And that encouraged me then to move up and go on. (laughs) And um, I had the best healing service. I ever had on the North America continent was in this last service. Uh, brother Gene and Leo were out there at the time. The boy sitting here is on the Apache Indian reservation. They give me one day to rest, and I took it. I went up the Indian reservation, and had the biggest meeting I ever had, or <laughs> the best, and just one of the little sentiments that stuck with me so greatly. Well, was coming through the prayer line while the boys was out there and they taking my camera and their cameras getting all the pictures they could and I guess there have been 35 or more visions out there and you speak to the people and they just couldn't they they don't respond like us because they can't speak and they can't the interpretation they don't have no written language and it's um uh, it's kind of a hard, they don't have no sentences and the, the Apaches, and they just start and just anything, so it's a group of words, and it's kind of hard to make them understand, some of them can't understand English. The first vision I remember was a lady with her baby, and the baby was blind, and it told her what was marriage becoming, which is very familiar among the Indians, very much of it rather, among the Indians. And when the lady got into the line, her little baby was healed. Amen. And then coming along, the first thing come, I think, was about five, four or five mutes, uh, deaf, dumb people. Lord healed every one of them. And then they're just simple. Just Amen. just as simple. They don't try to figure out anything. They just believe you. And then you've got to instruct them right on the Lord, see, not Amen. on yourself. Because that won't work. <laughs> but it's got to be on the Lord. And when they really sit, it's just like a bunch of children. Just tell them, go do something. They do it. Amen. And down along the road, there was a beautiful little Indian princess about so high. Little black eyes. Just as pretty and bright, but just as blind as midnight. And uh, Brother Marshall, the Indian... Um, missionary up there he told me he said when you come down the line bring her into the line he said brother Branham she's blind and I said those lovely big eyes great big pretty dark eyes I said yes she just as blind as she can be brother Branham and I waved my hand across her eyes like that and she did her eyes a stare she couldn't see well I prayed for the little thing and started I looked moved my hand again and her eyes were still just staring. I thought, oh my, those poor little feller, just about that high, blind, and didn't know that her daddy next to her there was blind too. So something happened that it, I guess i never seen it before. It wasn't Brother Neville a vision like you would see, but it looked like it, I, I could see myself taking this little thing up before the throne of God, up there before God and saying to God, Father, this poor little girl, she's blind, and, and applying the blood of the Lord Jesus to the child. Then when she was set down, and brother, I had my finger up like this, I said, Brother Marshall, something happened. And then I said, it looked like I see myself going up through the skies with that child by the hand. And I was moving like this, I was talking, and I looked at those big eyes following my hand, going like that. There she was, with perfect, normal eyesight. Amen. And they passed her through the line. I guess the doctors or some of them down there, this bunch of well-dressed men standing out there. I seen him fooling with her, you know, trying to get her, looking at her fingers, motion to follow her. And just, I said, just go ahead and examine her. She's all right. And there she was, normal and well. Amen. The next was her daddy, and he was blind. And God gave him his eyesight back normal again, and right on the ground. Just wonderful how our Lord Jesus will do. Amen. Now, those things doesn't lay with man, do they? They lay with God. Amen. I don't know whether brother Cox's brother Joseph sent down the uh, Herald of Faith yet. We haven't got it that roll, uh, sir. No. Uh, you'll get it pretty soon this case here on the front of it is a lady that was turned down the males and how the Lord told her where she was and how she'd been what had taken place and they said she just couldn't live and he told her you see her stretcher laying there that she just got right up and has gone home and just as normal and well as she can be and on the next page is a very striking little article Born blind, I just might read. it Would be all right just to read this little paragraph here. It won't take just one. My son was born blind. Uh, he and I both were 100% toxic. And as far as our doctor knows, there has never been another case where both the mother and child lived. But Johnny was blind. He had uh, he had what they call dry eyes. He never cried a tear up until the time that Reverend Branham prayed for him, and his Brother Brandon held him and prayed the tears run down Brother Brennan's arms. And from that very time he can see. When he then we take uh to his little uh, turn his little head And when he saw the people, he didn't know what it was all about. He'd never seen his life. I took him from the church over to his mother's and laid him on the bed and he took his, uh, he took, looked all around the room and started playing with his rattler. I had an appointment to take him to Mayo's at Rochester, Minnesota. The following week, I kept that appointment and took him. They could find nothing wrong with his eyes. They told me that he had a good and perfect set of eyes. I took Johnny down to the doctor's office to show him what had happened, because the doctor was inquiring for a place to put him in a blind school for his life. Amen. How the Lord Jesus made that little boy, you know what a mother and father both toxin usually, or mother and child. One of them dies, or sometimes both. But little Johnny was born, and his eyes were dry. just hard and dry. And while I held the little fellow in my arms, I felt something warm, and the tears run off his little face and run down my arm like this. And he's looking at me, his little old bright eyes, and he's had his perfect sight since then. And my old brothers that said that his eyes were normal. Isn't he wonderful? <coughs> yes. I, we just love him. Now you pray this week. That God will help us, and next Sunday morning, the Lord willing, at 5 to 6 o'clock, will be a sunrise service. Come out, and then we'll just stay at the hour, and as soon as the sun rises, we'll give God praise for what He did some 2,000 years ago, rose up Jesus Christ at the rising of the sun. And we're looking for another sunrising. the coming of the Lord Jesus a second time in glory. And then next, uh, then at nine o'clock, we will uh, the boys will be here to give out the prayer cards. And at nine thirty, Sunday school will start. Now, if you got loved ones, get them in to get into the cards. Cause, and then and then uh, the, then I want to come down. I want to take Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, if the Lord willing, and just fast and pray and ask Him to give me at least one more healing service here at the tabernacle next Sunday, Lord willing. And then we'll see if He doesn't. Well, of course, that, that's, I can't help that. But we'll pray and try to see if He will give us the healing service. And then the Amen. baptismal service, and all of you who are candidates for baptism now and has never been baptized, well, we'd be glad to have you come. Believing on the Lord Jesus and confessing your sins and being baptized next Sunday. And Brother Neville will announce the full program on his broadcast next Saturday morning. How many hear the broadcast? Don't you think it's fine? I tell you, that singing's really good. I heard Brother Temple, I believe, on it the other day. And uh, I appreciate that song you dedicated to us. We're all listening in and this morning we didn't think we'd get to come. All oh, our little girl had a raging fever last night. My she was up all night long screaming and going on, little Sarah. And I wanted to come so bad and I went over to the bed this morning before, I just put on my robe and walked over to bed and the poor little thing lay there just a burning with a fever. I laid my hands down on the little fella and I said, Dear God, I want to go to church and I'll take her with me. So, Fever, you can't hold her any longer. Come out of her. There she sits back there just <laughs> normally quiet as she can be, you see. he just, he's wonderful, isn't he? I have a good friend here this morning. I know he's, he's a little bashful backward. but <laughs> He's one of my brothers. And um, he become my uh, fellow worker and... Buddy with me off of the great the Alaskan Highway in Alaska. I was having meetings where I'm to have again in a few days now at Grand Prairie. And I was at Dawson Creek, British Columbia, and then down to Grand Prairie. And a little fellow stepped in one time to the meeting there, and God got a hold of him. He had to come back. And he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if he will be so kind, just at least stand up, Brother Fandler. Just let the people know he's from Switzerland. And he's... <laughs> the Lord bless you, Brother Fandler. Glad to have him with us today. He's the one that has got this famous drug that will be on the market pretty soon, which will sweep the world's cure for arthritis. The Lord gave it to him. And they've got it in now, and the government and so forth, and they're... It's the arthritis cure. Given by the Lord God alone. Amen. Tell him yeah, what I to mean. do. There's not a thing on the market that'll touch arthritis until this time. But now the Lord has given it to Brother family and we're happy for it. With us over in a Christian businessman a few days ago in Los Angeles, where they also God's just working wonderfully amongst Christians. Our little brother that all of us know real well, or is part of a shared brother Sekarian. Just a marvelous brother. And the Lord invented something by him. Just show you how God is getting it out. A little thing that he pumps out on his stomach like this and holds out like this and can find oil down in the... And found a gusher in Colorado. A $25 million outfit, I guess. Just that one gusher. Turns every bit over to send missionaries to the foreign field. Amen. That's what Brother Fandler doing with his. It'd be millions of dollars in a year. And uh, besides that, they just, all oh, this brother invented this sure thing to take blood where you could only keep it so long. Now, these are Holy Ghost men. Do you know what? In our White House, 40% of our men in office are Pentecostal. Amen. <laughs> Amen. In our Pentecostal background. Oh, my. Nations are breaking. Israel, And they can these brother has found a farmer that'll dehydrate blood and keep it indefinite. And they got a million dollar plant to sputter up. Oh, how the Lord is a blessing everywhere. See what's going to happen? He's swiftly sending these Holy Ghost messengers out into all parts of the world now where the time is at hand. Not to pass out tracts, which tracks is ever so good but to bring the message of divine deliverance to those captives who are sitting in darkness. Amen. We love Him. All right. Now, we'll read the Scripture right quick. And remember now, next Sunday, Lord willing, remember tonight is communion night, I believe He said, and Wednesday night midweek prayer meeting, everybody invited to hold these services. Next Sunday morning, 5 to 6 on sunrise, and 9 o'clock to begin our services for, our 9.30 rather, for the Sunday morning service and then the healing service and baptismal service. Now, let's turn in the blessed old Before we do this, let's just say, poor Sister Gertie she was up here a few moments ago. Would you come back just a moment, and I'll try not to keep you for just about a half hour if I can on a lesson this morning. Let's sing just one course of this marvelous old song. My faith looks up to Thee. How many knows it? Is it in the hymn or do I you? I know? want to tell
1: you about, Eleven years a Sunday morning,
0: I was here with the Amen. We'll Amen. Oh my! I want to be wonderful when it's all over. We are sitting over there telling about the story. Now, everyone to him who's worthy, the only. Mediator, or the only potentate, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's lift our voices and sing to Him, My faith looks up to Thee, thou Lamb of Calvary. Savior divine, now hear me while I pray. Take all my guilt away and let me from this day be holy Thine. Everyone from your heart now. All right. My faith was. Up to we just raise our hand and sing while from our innermost beings today. Our hearts are overrun with joy when we think that someday this old earthly tabernacle that we're now dwelling in like the cage that holds a bird, this lump of clay, our souls will take its flight like the bird from the cage someday to the arms of its lover. When We see you coming. This robe of flesh will drop and rise. Our faith looks to thee today now. Forgive us for all that we have done, all the sins and trespasses. Pray that you'll settle down over us now. Come into our hearts. Bless us and take the word, the word of God. And give it to every heart, just as we have need of it today. And we'll give thee the praise for. We ask it in His name. Amen. Turn quickly now to Hebrews the ninth chapter, beginning with the eleventh verse. And we're going to speak this morning, God willing, upon fellowship by redemption. Now, in uh, Hebrews 9, everyone, it's got your Bibles and like to study with us just for a little bit. I like the word, you know, faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the Word of God. But Christ being come the light and the high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And in Job, the 19th chapter and the 23rd, 24th, and 25th verses, we read this speaking of redemption. Paul here in Hebrews telling us who was our Redeemer, how that by one offering He made and perfected forever those that enter in by Him. Now in the 23rd verse, Job speaking, said, Oh that my words were now written oh that they were printed in a book that they were graven with an iron pen and laid in the rock forever for I know my redeemer liveth and the last days he'll stand up on the earth and though after the skin worms destroys this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, mine eyes shall behold, and not another. Though my reins be consumed within me, may the Lord add his blessings to his word. Speaking of redemption and fellowship, and there's many times as we look and see that that the us, the mortal beings of this earth, how that we become tossed about and strayed around across the world. I don't believe there's anybody that's got a Christian spirit could look upon the world today and wouldn't groan in their spirit. I've often wondered how that that people today take this life so lightly. It's not nothing lightly, this is the very reason we're here on earth, is to worship and come to God and to come into His fellowship and to see man wandering around as if they didn't have any God, as there was no God. Man has driven himself out in that kind of a condition. And I, I'm believing that the day that we're living to now, the most essential thing that I could think of any minister speaking of is to get the people back to the general principles of the gospel, coming back to a place. For if you're not built up on the right foundation, it's just it's no good. What's the use of building up on a foundation that's already been condemned? What's the use, as I say, of trying to... What would be the the use of trying to paper and paint an old building that the government had condemned? And that's what many people are trying to do today by reforming. Trying to reform. We'll start a church and we'll turn a page and we'll try to do a little different than we used to do. You'll never get nowhere like that. It's just foolish to even try. See, you're just only wasting time. You say, well, uh, I believe if I would just quit my lying and stealing and all those things, as good as they are, you're still a million miles off of the road. You've got to start back to the foundation. You've got to build a new place. Not to patch up the old one, build a brand new one. you got to come back. Start Right. That's the reason you see so many faulty mistakes, so many people indifferent, people who profess Christianity. You know, this is kind of a little bit hard, but you are the only Bible that many people will ever read, you Christians. Your life is the only Bible that man, a lot of men and women will ever read, just the way you act and do. Amen. So Christians are supposed to be a living example of what Christ is. Amen. And if Christ is in the human heart, then he'll certainly live his own life. For Christ is in you and the Spirit of Christ be in you, then you become a new creature. Now, I love to think that Christians everywhere, if every person that calls on the Lord Jesus would live just exactly the Christian life while this would be a converted world in the next 24 hours. Amen. It certainly would be. The Bible said that you are the salt of the earth and the salt can only save when it comes in contact with the spoiling earth. Amen. The earth is spoiling, rotten, you know that. And the salt must come in contact with the earth, or if it don't, it'll be gone. Now, some weeks ago in Chicago, I was so thrilled when I seen, you know, where God's Word was proven to be the truth. Man and women must come back to the Word. I spent practically all my time in California after seeing so many cults arising, so many indifferent things, so much stuff that wasn't of God, and I'm not here today to criticize anyone. I'm only here to try and preach the gospel. But when you see so many things rise up under flattery and ministries built on personalities, then you're going to be setting on sinking sands. Man. A ministry must be built totally and wholly upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible, no matter what, any new thing comes up. Here a few days ago, Brother Moore, one of my associates, his son was uh, given a degree of doctor in science. And when this great... Science came down from Washington to give him his degree. After he embraced him in his arms, he said, Son, in Washington, D.C., on the latest science, there's 124 scientific proven facts about modern science. He said, if I should take you up there, it would take you two years to read through those books constantly every day. And said, when he got to the, the 24 books of them, or the 124 books, he said, the next thing you do, you'd have to forget every bit of it, because he done found something new that will outdo that. When he said that, I thought, but praise be to God, I know a book that's been here through the thousands of years. It'll never alter, or nothing will ever be added to it, ever. It's the book of all the books. And all the other books run around through circles not knowing where they are. And if they won't fax, they have to come back to this Bible to together. This is God's book. Only book. Now, how we praise the Lord for this great, marvelous book. And in that contains the will of God the promise of God, and it's the it's book of all the books. All the books fail, all the other books vanish away, their knowledge is gone, but this book contains the eternal truth of God. Uh, therefore, what the Bible says, you can say amen to it. Some time ago, I, when I went to school as a little boy, they used to tell me that the sun shining on the stars made them lights. They changed that now. Can't do it. I was in a planetarium the other day at Mount Palmer at Los Angeles up on the hill the world's greatest planetarium. Is that where the God going through? He said they used to think that a few years ago, but they find out every star makes its own light. It's gone. The sun couldn't travel that far between them. They used to tell me that the world turned around the sun, and the sun stood perfectly still. You fellows of my age, you were taught that. They changed that. Now the sun runs. See? They just don't know. That's it. And here's the only book that does know. Now the things that they've been scrumbling over for 6,000 years, Joshua commanded the sun to stand still like the Bible said, and it was so. That, see? It'll all come back to here. Everything comes back to the Bible. Not long ago, science made fun of man. When in the Bible, and the Bible said your whole body's full of light. Science said your body full of light. Who ever heard of such? It can't be. No light in your body. But they find out that's wrong. They've been in an x-ray. And the x-ray takes your own light meters. It don't take any other lights. Your own light makes the x-ray. The x-ray doesn't have any light of its own. It's your light that takes the picture. The light that's in your body. So God was right after all. You know when they said there? God made a mistake when he said, A man thinketh with his heart. There's no such a thing as the old mental faculties in a man's heart that he can think with. It's his mind that he thinks with. But no more than about two months ago they found out God was right. Amen. They went to fool in the human heart and they find a little bitty compartment in there that hasn't even got a blood cell around it or nothing. It isn't in the animal heart or the bird heart or no other heart but the human heart. A little bitty place and it's called the occupation of the soul. So God does they Stay right. <laughs> it's in the heart, man thinketh. Now man can have an intellectual faith. Yeah. And there's where most people get today calling themselves Christians. The reason you see such carrying on as you do under the name of Christianity, it's only intellectual faith. What do you mean by intellectual faith, brother? This is it. Man believeth unto salvation. Now, faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. Now, I could preach the word. You could accept it. Say that's all right. Yep, I believe that. Well, if that's all the farther it ever goes, then you'll never get very far with God. Intellectual faith, that's the reason people don't get healed. Is because they only have an intellectual view of it, what their mind can But the mind will reason. The mind will say, It cannot be. I am no better. My sense of sight says that my arm's no straighter than it was yesterday. My sense of feeling says I don't feel any different than I did yesterday. Reasoning, mental theology, will reason out and say, now wait a minute, I believe that's foolishness. See your reasoning. That intellectual faith will do that. But when once that faith comes down into that compartment down here... It will never question this up here at all. It's absolutely a fact and it will agree with every divine word of God. Amen. There's the reason people don't get where they should be. It becomes a mental conception of God. But when that mental conception you believe in by an intellectual faith, but that won't do it. It's got to be a born-again experience where your faith is brought down into this compartment here and no matter what it looks like, faith says it so anyhow.
1: Amen.
0: Now, man once was made, even in our polluted condition that we are today, man was made to serve God. That's his full duty on the earth. Amen. Here are the great wisest man, Solomon, and all the rest of them speaking in the Ecclesiastes. He said, let's share the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the full duty of man. Amen. That's the full duty of man. We wonder why we're running along here. Man and women, why do we wear clothes and have to strive? And animals don't. God feeds us little old birds and takes care of everything else. But we have to shift for ourselves. Is because sin separates us from our Maker. That's what did it. Now, man, as he's moving along, you don't see the animal in himself. He can't embetter himself. If he gets any better treatment, it's got to come from some other source. He doesn't build himself a better house. He doesn't make himself uh, fries meat where he used to eat it raw, see? It has to be done because he, there's nothing in him to give him a soul. An animal doesn't have a soul, but a man has a soul. And therefore, that soul is a part of God. And even in his fallen state, Yet it's the most greatest species of all the species of the earth, is the man. And then get him in connection with his maker, he becomes a superman almost, because he's the son of God. He becomes acquainted with his maker, with the creator of all things. And then when that man there, acquainted with his maker, becomes a part of his maker, becomes back into fellowship with his maker, every divine word becomes a living reality to him. And he believes it. No wonder people can't believe divine healing today. They haven't got nothing to believe with. Until God comes into the human heart, a man is not much better than the his reason, he'll think it all out. How can this be and explain it all away? But when God ever takes his position in the human heart, all the reasons fade away. God becomes first. Amen. Now, in the beginning, when God made the man to worship him and live, God taking care of him, fed him, Man had a perfect fellowship with God. There was nothing wrong. God came down in the evening and talked to Adam and Eve. What a beautiful picture. No harm. Nothing could harm them. No sickness could ever come to them. They didn't even know what sickness was. They didn't know what old age was. They didn't know what being hurt was. They couldn't be hurt. They was in the presence of the omnipotent powers of God, which helped them in control and guided them by His Spirit. There was nothing could harm them. If you'd ever think, I believe if this little group of believers this morning could ever one time... created you in the beginning is in his position, placed today here in this tabernacle at the heart of every believer. You believe it? Now, in the beginning when God come down in the evening and talked to the Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, and his great voice whispered to them, and they had fellowship, love. How the moving of the Spirit went through the bushes, the lions come up, the tigers, all of them, and they worshiped the Lord. Man was conscious at all times that his presence was with him. Now listen, I want to tell you something, and uh, listen close to it, at this remark. I'm going to be just a little bit different this morning. I'm going to let myself loose to some of my own theology, some of my own thoughts, my own conceptions of the Scripture that I've never said in this church before or no other church. But I feel that it might be profitable this morning. Every man in his own heart has ideas and so forth that he believes and holds sacred into his heart and secrets between him and God that no one else knows about but him and God alone. You know that. Every one of you believers know that. Just the believer and his Maker alone. I've never believed that heaven was a place where there's a bunch of buildings, where there's a bunch of houses up there made with mortar. Doped up with paper, Neither. paint on the wall. Amen. I never believed that a supernatural being would have to live in a literal house. No. I believe when Jesus spoke in John 14, said, In my Father's house, as many mentions, He meant a body, a dwelling place. Amen. For the Scriptures verify the same thing to say, If this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting.
1: Amen. You see it? Amen.
0: I believe it. Mortal beings is the only one who lives in mortal habitations. Immortal beings live in immortal habitations. Amen. And the place that we go into until we return back is not a place of brick and mortar, and clay, or precious stones or jewels. It's a place of condition that we move out of this dimension that we live into into another dimension. And it's a house, a tabernacle, a dwelling place. Jesus said, destroy this temple. I'll raise it up in three days. And they thought he was speaking of the Solomon's temple. But he was speaking of his own body. And he's gone to prepare a place for every believer that the very moment we step out of these mortal regions, we don't glide into myth or some supernatural spirit. But we go into a tabernacle, a dwelling place, and that might be right here in this building this morning, in a place that no other radioactivity or nothing can touch, it's there solely fixed by God alone. Amen. Listen, Moses had been dead for 800 years, Elijah has been translated for around six or 700 years. And there they stood on Mount Transfiguration, both of them in their smart looks, talking to Jesus just before he went to Calvary. See what I mean? Then what am I trying to say? That we are looking at some mythical something away off out under a hundred million years? I got a revelation the other day, standing up there on Mount Palmer at the observatory, and seeing the time, the space over to Mars and to the last continents and so forth, and like traveling at so many thousands miles per second, if an angel started from the farthest star and coming here, it would take it billions, times billions, times billions of years to get here. If he started from Mars and come here, flying at the speed of, of light, of light space, or light speed, it would take it billions of years to get here. I cannot believe that there's a house way out yonder, but I believe that that house that God was speaking of is right present here now. That that's the place where the mortal beings, when we cease to be mortal here, we step into immortality, into a place, and I believe that's where Jesus is today. The resurrected Lord Jesus, not out yonder somewhere a million miles away, but right here, present with us now. Amen. In the fourth dimension, people can prove that right through this room now is coming radio activity, radio messages. Coming right through this building now is coming television pictures. But it's too fast for our eyes. Now you go millions of miles beyond that dimension. And you'll get into a place that's just as real as television pictures as in this room this morning? And there is the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, standing here. And the reason that you can't see Him is because our heart has become tuned down to it. And the reason we can't see the the television pictures, where our bodies are not set as instruments to pick up mechanical scent things, but when our body becomes in tune with God becoming a part of Him, then our soul can pick up The power of the Holy Spirit to vindicate the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of His power and omnipotence. He has risen from the dead. He lives among us today. And He wants fellowship. Packed with His people again. His great majesty, His glory is now spreading forth. And He's desiring to fellowship again with His people like He did in the Garden of Eden. Yes. I know it's a long ways around, but I want to get this picture to you. So you'll never forget it. No matter where you're at, if you're in the pool room, if you're in the cabin hall, there's somebody invisible watching you. If you're standing persecutions for the name of the Lord's sake, no matter what it is, mark anyone you wish to and watch the man will reap what he sows every time. If he's doing wrong, he'll never get by with it. If he's doing right, he's got to come into glory with it. Amen. You just can't beat it. It's God. He sure he knows the very depths of your heart. He knows who you are and everything you've done. In a meeting sometimes I watch how them visions become material. Oh God, how can it be? One standing here a minute ago stood a man with his arms folded looking at me and I heard his voice talking to me and telling me things that's going to happen there that never fails. Yeah, and yet he vanishes from me. Yeah. And I know that there's a land beyond the river. There's a region under somewhere. Yeah. That the glorious persons of the great angels of God and his being yeah, are fellowshipping again. Yeah. The fellowship. Yeah. God back in the beginning moved down and Adam and Eve's soul wasn't marred. They could hear the roar and see that beautiful light shine through the bushes It was Jehovah Am I talking to them. Then sin separated them. They went off in sin. God had only one preparation for a sinful man to reach a holy God. That wasn't by self-righteousness. It wasn't by patching up an old thing. It was by death and resurrection, Amen. The only way God condemned the man in the Garden of Eden because he had sinned, and his whole body was full of mire. And never can you ever turn a new page. Listen, I don't care how much you join church, how many good things you do. Them's all fine. You buy the winter coal when she's cold. You buy her food when she's hungry. You take the little kids off the street. That's good nothing to say in light of that, but my brother, sister, you're a miserable being until that old foundation is swept out altogether and you become a new creature in Christ Jesus in order that soul can be in contact with God for fellowship. You see it? Yeah. Then when you get into that wonderful, glorious fellowship of His being, all the little things just pass away Oh, it seems so petty, so childlike. That's why we have the troubles. That's why you see professed Christians living this. Today they're all right, and tomorrow they're all wrong, and the next day they're, it's because they've never tore the old foundation down. They've never built up on Christ. <clears throat> now, notice Him in his glory. Back there when he'd seen him, God felt so sorry for the poor fellow. See him and Eve going away without going out of the fellowship. They had to shift for themselves. What could they do? They had a loving father who would take care of them now. Through disobedience cut off fellowship. No more fellowship. They had to make it for themselves. Had to till the soil and earn the living by the sweat of their brow. They had to get sick and die and all kinds of troubles and heartaches and disappointments. Why? Severed fellowship. No more fellowship with God. Couldn't be. That's where man stands today. That's the reason you see him on the street working on Sunday. That's the reason you see him out going fishing, hunting on Sunday. That's the reason you see him out here horse racing and automobile racing. Why, you see him in pool rooms and dives and so forth. There's something in the man hungering for something and he can't find it. And this world can't produce it. And the church can't produce it on mental theology. Amen. They can't do it. A man's got to tear the old foundation down. And a man's got to be regenerated and born again and come back to God. Amen. Not turning new pages. You'll never do it. It might be good. I have nothing against it. The good works that you do but that won't do it. Joining church won't do it. Taking your children to go into church won't do it. Until it becomes an individual affair with you. Until you become back into this fellowship then we know we pass from death unto life for our spirit bears record with his spirit and that we're sons and daughters of God. All the old things has passed away and all things become new. Amen. There we are. Oh my! When I think of that, how little these little old things seem to be. My wife used to sing a song, The sands has been washed in the footprints of a stranger from Galilee's shore. The voice that subdued the rough billows will be heard in Judea no more. But the path of that lone Galilean so gladly I'll follow each day, and the toils of the road will see nothing when I get to the end of the way. There's something beyond the veil that pulls the Christian. He can't explain. He doesn't understand it himself. But there's something in that fellowship that he has with Christ. Severing from there, he becomes a wanderer. That's the reason poor wandering American people today. Poor little fellers out on the street. Young ladies, young men, no fellowship at all. They go to church, they can't receive it there because the church is just so formal and ritual. Amen. They can't find it there. And they go down to the pool rooms, they can't find it there. They walk to the beaches of pleasure, they can't find it there. Satan gets on them, strips their clothes and everything. They live in all kinds of adultery. Poor little fellows, pull up in a meeting somewhere and say, oh brother, I'll, I'll commit suicide. Can't find it? No. Sin separates a man from the fellowship. Now, friends, it's only one road back. Ever? I've seen many of them that could dance in the spirit, that could speak with tongues, and could run all over the building and everything else, and still no fellowship. Just as miserable as they could be. Because they built up on the wrong foundation. That's right. We got to get the right thing. The first thing first. If you don't, your whole starting's wrong. You got to get back to the foundation. Now let's find out what the foundation is. Then, if we can find the foundation truly out of God's word, then there's no question anymore. Just watch what happens. Amen. Now, here, be my brothers and sisters. <laughs> In the Lord. There is only one foundation for fellowship. There's only one time, no on one ground that God ever spread the welcome mat back to Adam's fallen race. Amen. Only one. That was in the Garden of Eden when he spread it back by the way of the shed blood. Amen. I believe in the blood. Amen. Amen. Not talk about it. I mean to worship in it. Amen. Now, when God made a reconciliation <clears throat> for Adam and Eve, He made it through the shedding of the blood of an innocent substitute, through the shedding of the blood. Oh, today the high formal churches have got come away from at all and they got some talking about politics and every little fang dangle thing in the world that's the formal churches and the full gospel church has got off on so many isms little things that they ought to do this and little evidences and things that they got away from it and the whole world is becoming a conglomeration of nonsense that's right it's a pitiful shape and a condition to look at unless God quickly does something. The whole thing's ruined. God sent us preachers today that'll stand on the foundation and call out to the sinner man and woman the way home is to the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. The only way. Not talk about it, I need mean, not get into it. God had the lamb slain, covered Adam and Eve with the skin, and shed the blood. A way back to fellowship again with God. Then Adam could only come back to God through the shed blood. Cain came out with Adam's first idea and made himself a religion by pinning fig leaves. Adam did over him and Eve, but they found out that it wasn't God's appropriated way. Therefore, they could not stand in His presence. And today we still use self-sufficiency. We use all the different ideas and vain philosophies of man, and it's absolutely not. Jesus said, Man, worship me, teaching for doctrine the traditions of man. Worship in vain. You can worship the Lord and still not be worshipped in the right way. It would not be reckoned to you for reconciliation. Yep. Now Tabernacle, I want you to think on this. Just not let it pass by and say, Brother Bill, come in and said so and so. Take it in your heart. Ponder over. Why don't we have our ups and downs? Why does things go the way they're going is because first we got to get back to the foundation. Amen. Now Adam thought surely if he discovered his naked suffer he'd be alright. Man, think the same thing today, I'll go join church. Maybe a lot of people say I want to be like the other, so I'll just I can believe I can clap my hands till I shout. Others say I believe if I just spoke with tongues a little bit I'd be alright. And you can get a confusion of voice and not speak with tongues, or either you can get the real speaking of tongues and still not be right. Paul said, "Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, I have not charity. on am nothing." He say, "Well, if I could out here lay hands on the sick and they get well, I'd be all right." Paul said, "Many will." Jesus said, "Many will come to me that day, say, Lord, have not I cast out devils in your name? In your name, have not prophesied, preach? Have it in your name I've done many mighty works?" Then I will confess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Coming some other way. Amen. Let it sink deep now. Coming some other way besides God's appropriated way, the blood. Adam come out with just as good a covering, just as fundamental as he could be, but it was the wrong thing. And today, people have churches and they join, put their name on, go to reform, stand up and take the communion and do different things, just as religious as it can be. But still, that isn't the way. That isn't what God said. Then, upon the basis of the shed blood, Adam and Eve had a road made back home again. To fellowship with God. Amen. It was used all down through the ages. All down through every age. It was used. Job. The oldest book in the Bible. Back to our a scripture reading. He used it. The book of Job was wrote before Genesis was written. The book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Now, of course, Moses wrote Genesis several hundred years after. But Mo- Job... Now, the only way that he had to come to God for fellowship was through the shed blood of a lamb and a burnt offering. And one time God had blessed him and he'd become a great man. He had riches piled up, camels and oxen, sheep. Oh, what a great man he was. And everybody bowed down to him and said, Job, oh, you're an example. Then Satan, the accuser, come up and said before God, and God said, Have you considered my servant Job a just man, a perfect man? There's none like him in the whole earth. Think of it. None like him in the whole earth. He said, Sure. you got a hedge around him. And that man's got everything, good health and good strength and plenty of money and plenty of everything. Sure, he can serve you. But said, let me have him a few minutes. Said, I'll sure take him apart. And said, I'll make him curse you to your face. Now notice, oh, I love this.
1: Amen.
0: God, knowing the heart. Job had only one way, that's through fellowship. Through the shedding of the blood, he had talked to God. He knew that he was. God had confidence in Job because he had fellowship with Job. Amen. Oh, God. May the grand tabernacle see that today. The only way God can have confidence in you is not because you do something with your faith do something, but when you have fellowship.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Fellowship. Great Baptist revivals all now. I heard a Baptist preacher say the other morning, "At the Churchill Downs, there'll be more Baptist members out the Churchill Downs, and will attend the Baptist revival." That's the truth. Why? Because the Baptist church is let out. They become Baptist by members. They become Baptist by joining church. They become baptized by a baptism pool. But if they had fellowship with their Maker, the presence of God, to talk and commune with Him would be so much greater treasures than the things of this world. They never have to worry about Him going to such places. Amen. You don't have to bother about that if a man ever comes into fellowship. Amen. You could tell me what a great God Brother Neville was, how fine a man he was. If I just heard, that's all right, I'll believe it. Oh, sure, I'll believe it. But I'll never know personally until I fellowship with him a while. Till we sit out at the table together, look across the table and lay our hearts out before each other, and our spirits begin to blend together. Amen. Then I about know what he's made up of. And until you might hear Jesus by preaching, you might hear your mother say He's wonderful, you might hear a minister say He heals the sick, and He might have sent His power forth and healed you, but you'll never know what it is until you've sat down once with Him, in fellowship, and your spirits blend together, bearing record with each other. That's your sons and daughters of God. Then old things pass away. You don't have to worry about the world no more. For by one offering He has perfected forever those who have fellowship with Him through the blood. Amen. The fellowship. Now, God had confidence in Job. He fellowshiped with him. And He knew that Job could trust Him. So He said, Alright, Satan. You go on. He's at your hands, but don't you take his life. You can do anything else to him. So Satan, good at his office, away he goes. And he kills all of Job's children. I want you to notice a little thing. Job kind of had a, a pre-thought of that, I believe. Did you notice? When his children all of them got together one day, they had a great big banquet. That's where you usually usually getting some trouble. Going to these big parties. The office will throw a big blowout. You'll go down on Christmas Eve, as Billy Graham said in the paper the other day, and get right like good and drunk for your first time, you have to let vent to your soul. Yes, you you've been pinned up so long, so you just have to get out and let your soul go. Huh? Just have to go out and have a lot of good time. Kind of release yourself on a vacation. Brother, that shows you've never had fellowship with Christ. Yeah. If a man or a woman has ever had a real divine taste of fellowship with Christ, I'd rather have it in all the vacations yeah. Than yeah. Days in the in of the world. Yeah. Sure. If you want to give me a relax, let me feel Christ. Amen. Let me talk to him a little while my burdens roll away. Am I all done. No. Praise the Lord. I'd rather talk to him than anything I know in the world. Am i have fellowship with him so God know that Job had tasted David said, Taste and see the Lord is good. Amen. Just taste that tree months and see if it good. It tastes like honey in the rock. Now, the great fellowship. So Satan comes down, but before he comes down, Job said, Now my children's out on a party tonight. I wonder if we couldn't have more fathers and mothers like Job. Parents. He <laughs> said, My kids are out on a party tonight. They've called in some of the worldly neighbors. Now, perhaps, maybe, they might sin. Oh, my. If mothers done fathers more of this, they wouldn't have any juvenile delinquency. Kids wouldn't be running the streets like they are. Uh, See? So now, perventure, if they might sin, I'm going to offer an offering for each one. That if anything does happen they'll have a bloodshed way to come home by. Oh, my. I'll offer it for them. So here's for John. I'll offer sacrifice, God, for John. Now, if he happens to stray off the road down there, the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet to lead him. So if he does stray off the road, Lord, I'll make him a path here. Amen. Oh, my. Mary, she's down there tonight. So, Lord, if she does stray, I've raised her right. But if she does stray, I'll make her a path by this bloodshed Ever. way back. God, give us some more of those old mothers at nighttime praying for their kiddies like that. Ever. The backbone of any nation. All right, I'll make them a path. So after a while, the wrath of the devil come down and killed them everyone went out and killed all of his sheep and all of his cattle. And everything he had, even his own health failed, and he broke out with boils and set on a, I had a sheep with a crop scraping the boils. Everything he had was gone. My, here it is. Look. What if he only had intellectual faith then? His reasonings would have said, when... Belzar and all of them come down and begin to say, now looky here, Job, I want you to reason this thing out now. Now looky here, it shows that you're wrong. Your whole theology is made wrong, Job. Because, did you see, God turned His back on you. You joined the wrong church. You see, Job, look, everything's gone wrong. But Job, if that's all he would have had... If that's all he could have thought of, his own mind would have told him, reasoned it out, and said, I believe they're right. I believe they're right. But, Amen. 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 Job had fellowship to the Lord. For I'm basing my faith upon this one thing that I have talked to him. Amen. I've come his provided way, I've come by the way to shed blood. That's what He requires. And I'll talk to Him and my soul lives in Him. Yes. Amen. There you are. Fellowship. Nothing like it. Put your form of worship and get into fellowship with Him once. Yes. Amen. Stop this going to church on Sunday and say a little prayer every night before you go to bed and really get out and come into fellowship. My, you'll hurry up and worship this just so you get back to fellowship again. Reading the word, talking with him. That's what we need. That's what the world needs today, Christian friend. That's what you need, that's what I need. That's what the whole world needs is back to fellowship. The fellowship with him. Knowing Paul said the fellowship of his suffering, bearing persecutions with him. You know, Paul was a he was the man who had suffered with Christ. And when that slave over there had run away, I like that. Paul had borne so much persecutions, so many pains of Christ. So when that runaway slave ran away, Paul said, wrote back to his master, after the slave had become converted, he said, don't treat him as a slave anymore. He said, treat him as a brother. He said, if he owes you anything, charge it up to me. Amen. When I come, I'll pay you. See, he had been so in fellowship with Christ and his suffering till he knew what it was to be an outcast. Do you know what it is to be an outcast? Amen. He knew what it was to fellowship in his suffering so he knew how to sympathize with others. That's the reason Christ became human. That he might know the groans of sickness. That he might know the heartaches of disappointment that He with us might have fellowship together for He's been partaking of life like we have, of disappointments and heartaches and sickness for He bore our sicknesses and our troubles in His own body. Fellowship. Notice now quickly we'll come to the close of this fellowship talk. Now Job had fellowship and what a marvelous time it was. And so God could not uh, Satan rather could not shake Job away from this fellowship. So his wife come out the last resort. Satan said, I'll get into his wife and I'll make her. The kids couldn't do it. So I'll and, uh, lose all of his riches, couldn't do it. Losing his health, couldn't do it. So the closest thing to a man on earth, or should be, was his wife. So he took his wife and he come out there and she said, Job, look how you look. I sorry, some of them must have been right. Why, you must belong to the wrong church. You must be all mixed up, Job. Maybe you've been an error. Well, okay, why don't you just curse God and die? Look at you, we could join a better church. He said, thou speakest like a foolish woman. He know where he stood. Not with some mental theology. Not with some intellectual faith. But by a fellowship with Christ through the burnt offering of the blood, Amen. he had worshipped God. He said, Thou speakest like a foolish woman. He said, The Lord gave the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There you are. That's a worshiper in fellowship. That's the man who's really talked to him. Amen. Then you know what you're talking about. If you just took something else, and these are fine, all these other things are alright, I have nothing against them. But that's still not the basis. Don't build up on that alone, intellectual faith. Come back to the basis here, get it in here, and then worship with Him. Talk with Him, fellowship with Him. Then build on these other things. Bring these other things into that foundation. But you're trying to bring these fundamental truths up on a foundation that has nothing to it. It's like putting Brother the woods here somewhere in the building as a contractor. Well, what good would it do him to take on an old building It's worm-eating the termites and the building down that's rotten to the foundation and go out and get some of the best lumber that he can find? Good dry, seasoned redwood. Dock it on the house. Go out here and get paint that's recommended by the highest paint country in the, country in the world. He said, look here, preacher, I can show you that this is the real genuine Redwood. I say, yes, Brother Woods, that's right. Look at here, here's a seal of approval. That this is the best paint that can be put on a house. That's right, Brother Woods, but your foundation is wrong.
1: It's got to come down.
0: Emma. That's what's the matter. Read the scriptures, right? God in your heart, by Am the shedding your blood, and then build from there. Your wood's all right if you got it on the right foundation. Amen. There you are. Amen. Just don't be angry with me now. May cut a little bit, but this is truth. Amen. Amen. This is what helps you. Amen. Now notice, get back to the right foundation to the fellowship. Now, how are we going to get in fellowship, Brother Branham? What brings us into fellowship? The shedding of the blood. It wasn't Eden. It was over here with Job after Eden. Now let's bring you down to one more place uh, or two and then we'll hurry and close. Now listen, close here's how you get into this fellowship. How do you get it, Brother Branham? How do you ever get into this fellowship? Through the shedding of the blood. Not from some experience, no, sir. Not from some mental emotion, no sir. Not from some bodily exercise, no, sir. Then things are all right, as good as they may be, but yet that's not the foundation truth. Leave that set over here to one side until you get back here right. Uh, back here. Till you get to the altar and all the old things pass away. Hey. A peace that passes all understanding comes into you, you can hate. No more. You can envy no more until something that makes you love the worst enemy you ever had. Amen. Not imagination. Something that will keep you from talking Amen. about the neighbor that persecutes you. Something that will make you love those who despitefully use you. That will make you pray for those who are indifferent and ugly towards you. That's the foundation. When the sealing angel crossed through the country, he was commanded to put a mark upon those who sighed and cried for the abominations done in the city. I say this with reverence now and with respect. Don't get mad at me. Angry, rather. But what if the sealing angel crossed this nation today? Where would he find man so deeply consecrated to God for the sins of this crumbling nation until he cried day and night for the sin? Where would he mark the church that fast and prayed in long, Lord Jesus? Where would he find that person? We went off after education. We went off after great fiery sermons. We went off after Hollywood dressing and fanaticism. The churches must be so big. It must be plush. There must be crucifix everywhere. There must be pipe organs. Those things are all right. But we put all our thoughts to that and left the real thing off.
1: Amen. Help us, Lord.
0: The Pentecostal people, that's one after initial evidence speaking in tongues and shouting and, and something. That is all right. But you left the real thing off. Yeah. For it's true. You can't love God and hate at the same time. Uh, Bitter and sweet water won't come from the same fountain. Uh, you can't have speaking in tongues and divine healing in the church and still envy and strife and malice and hatred. You can't do it. It won't mix. God will pull it out. and the sure of the world. Amen. Got to come back. That's what happened to the church. <laughs> you say, Are you against speaking in tongues? And, no, sir. I'm fired. It's God's word. But I uh, see where the church has went off on a bunch of things, hang stuff, and it's never come back. Never has recognized yet because they do these things and malice and hatred and strife. Mixing the same in oil and water won't mix.
1: Mad.
0: See what I mean? Let's come back. Let this little unit this morning here at the brand Tabernacle purpose their heart. We're coming back. Amen. Amen. We're going back to the foundation. God created me a right kind of a spirit. Created me a love, a peace that passes all understanding. No Almighty God from there, build me then. When I see anything going wrong, let me go back to the foundation and start again. Tear off the boards and come on back down again. Let's be built right, because it will only call no matter how high you build it, will be a heavier fall. Amen. When you fall. Amen. 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 Oh, people. Now, Israel, when they come into fellowship with God, there was only one place of fellowship with God, and that was in the tabernacle. In the tabernacles were the bleeding sacrifices going all the time. The people God never promised to meet with the people anywhere else. But under the shed blood. Think of it. I'm going to let that soak a minute now. We're getting ready to close. Look. God has never promised to meet any man upon his merits. Upon how good he is or how good she is. He's never promised to meet them there. There's no fellowship with God upon your own merits. The only place there is fellowship is under the shed blood. From Genesis to Revelations, it's only through the blood. Innocent substitute to cover the guilty, penitent sinner. Only the blood. Now notice quickly, Israel went to the building. They shed the blood. And in this building was the only place that God would meet and fellowship with the believer. In the building. That's where the shed blood was. The lamb died at the altar daily. The blood went on the black smoke hung over the tabernacle. And God could not see the sin. So the people went beneath the blood and had fellowship. Now watch. Over in Exodus, about the 19th chapter. We find out when the children of Israel were starting to take their journey. Give me your undivided attention for a minute now. Before we close. God said to to Moses, he said... I want you to go out there and take a heifer, a red heifer, a red heifer, that never a yoke come upon. And I want you to take her and slay her. And uh, then I want you to when you slay her, let of the priest stand and witness it. And when he does, while the heifer's dead, go strike his fingers in the blood and put it up on the congregation, up on the place of the worship, seven times over the door, like this, seven times over the, before the ark, the public worship place, and then take the heifer and bundle her up and burn her. And take her ashes and mix it with scarlet wooden and and cedar. Oh, I wish we had time to go and see what those hard scarlet wooden and and cedar. You'd find out Jesus wasn't died on a dogwood tree as they say he did. Notice. Then burn it all together and lay it up in a clean place on the outside For a waters of separation. And every time that a person's out of fellowship, he must come and have this water of separation sprinkled on him. Then he can come into the fellowship. Outside of that, he can't come in. Now watch how beautiful this is now before we close. First, the red heifer, the color red, means something. Now red to us means danger. It's a bad sign to see Red means stop is danger. And also red in the Bible is the covering. Red is an atonement. Red is a safety. You remember when the heart of Rahab left the spies down on the red string to safety? Always safety under red. Now the blood is red. Now look, you take the scientific research and you take red... A piece of a red goods, a red piece of stuff, cellophane, and look through at a piece of red, and red through red looks white. Try it. Take red and look through red; it looks white. While we do wrongdoings, are red though your sins be like scarlet red. Through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, God looking through there, red through red looks white they shall be white like snow. Amen. See? Not through your something else, but through the blood, the only place that He can fellowship. Outside there, your own righteousness, He'll never see it. Your good works, He'll never know it. Until you come beneath the blood, then He sees you as His own beloved son or His daughter. Red to red looks white. No matter what you've done, sinner friend, when God looks through you, your confession, sins is being wrong. And God looks to the blood of the Lord Jesus, He sees you snow white. Yeah. No matter what you've done, He's looking through you through Christ's blood. You're redeemed. Precious thing. God will never condemn you no more. He can't condemn you. When God made the first man, He made the heavens and earth. And when God stood back on the old creation and looked up on it, He didn't look up on it to judge it. He looked up on it and said, How good it is! He admired it! Oh, my! You see it? He looked and seen how good it was. Everything is perfect. The trees and everything, the man the woman, it was all perfect. He said, Very good! But now Satan perverted that. But if God could not condemn His first creation, how much more is it impossible for Him to condemn His second creation? When you are created anew in Christ Jesus. You can't do it yourself no matter how much you want to. You can't do it. It's a gift of God. No man can come to me except my Father draws him. And all that comes to me, I'll give him everlasting life and I'll raise him up to the last day. Amen. And when God has born to you anew by the Holy Spirit, he can only look upon you as a perfect work because he did it himself. Amen. That's oh, amen. That's all right. That's good. amen. He can't condemn you. For you are His workmanship. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh my! I feel like shouting like the Methodist. And Think I, of it! You are God's workmanship. He did it by sovereign grace. Amen. Not because you jumped, not because you went to church, not because you turned a new page, but because God... By His mercy, Amen. brought you into Christ in the fellowship, and looks upon you as a perfect work of His own. Amen. Why I brought him, I presented him to the blood, and there's nothing wrong with my work. He says, "You are God's workmanship." Praise now, just a moment. Now, how did they come? Now, they come up, and said have done anything wrong? This waters of separation must be kept in a clean place. Oh, wish we could deal on it a little while. A clean place. The waters of separation is the Word. Paul said over in Ephesians over here, said, For He has washed us with the water of the Word. See, the waters of the separation, the Word, preaching the Word, separates you. You hear the Word and say, I'm I'm wrong. I better quit this. I'm playing church. I better quit that. See, that's the waters of separation and should be kept in a clean place. Not a cigarette smoking preacher. No sir. Not a preacher that's running around over the country running with other women and things like that. Not a church that practices free love and all these ungodly things, and goes yeah. to baseball games, and have big entertainments, and social dances in the church, it's to be kept, the word of God's be kept, in a clean place. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. A clean place. Yeah. That when the wayward man comes by, he can come into a clean place, and be sprinkled, yeah. with the waters of separation. Yeah. Then what is it? When he's teaching the word, now the right waters... Now, if you're sprinkled with the wrong waters, they'll say, come join this church. This is a fine church. You should put your name on the book." Oh, we've got it. Glory to God, we have it. That's the wrong waters. Yeah. The right waters of separation. What was it? It was speaking of an innocent substitute who died for a guilty sin. Yeah. Uh, the red heifer uh, died, which was a type of Christ. And remember, never a yoke on its neck. Christ was not yoked with any organizations. He didn't fool with him at all. He wasn't joked up at all There's nothing. We had a little time to go on that. <laughs> all right. But it was made of water separation. See, it doesn't brag on a church denomination. It doesn't have nothing to do with it. It only speaks of a dead substitute who died in your place. Never. Not us people. Not our big church. Not our organization. But what was it? Of an innocent substitute who died in your place, which was Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. Then, bringing the word to us, then the waters of separation is put on the person. Now, notice quickly before we close. Now, the next thing, the blood off of this innocent substitute was struck seven times. Like that, as a public testimony. Seven is God's complete number. Seven church ages, the seven last church ages. Church of Philadelphia, the Church of Lady of Thee, and the Church. Every church age must come through that same shed blood. Ever. Now the man's come. He steps in the congregation. He's heard the word. I watch he on his fellowship. He can't come in the building. That building is the only place of fellowship. The only place they could come is in this building to have fellowship with God, because God only met him in there. Now watch close now. What a type of Christ. Today God hasn't promised the promise fellowship to the Methodists, to the Baptists, to the Pentecostal. He's promised the fellowship in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that's where your fellowship is. Yeah. You can have fellowship with your man. A mankind to join, you can go join the moose, the elk, or the odd fellows. Those lodges are all right. They're fine. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about the fellowship with Christ. The Eternal One. Now, then when the blood has been sprinkled, the water is the washing of the water by the Word. The Word went forth. You said, well, look, I've joined church. I've done this, but really, I haven't had that experience. What is it? It's the waters of separation. Well, I thought I was alright about John mother's church. That isn't it, brother. No, sir, someone died for you. That was Christ Jesus. You must accept Him. Then you receive that. Then the next thing, you start towards the fellowship. Here you go. Well, Brother Branham, where in our fellowship? In Christ, in the temple, the tabernacle of His dwelling. How do I do it? First you walk to the door. You've heard the word. Then you walk to the door. You've got a mental faith. You say, yes, I heard the word. I believe it. Now, before you can enter into this place, there's a blood veil hanging there for the cleansing and you must recognize that blood as an innocent substitute through the preaching of the Word, brought down the veil of blood. In there you see that someone died in your place and you throw down all your earthly possessions, all your fang ideas, All your dancing, your immoral living and all the things that you've thought up in your own self but you go to church and your new rules, your ten commandments, your non-meat eating and all these things. You lay them aside, plunge wholly into the blood and say, Lord, wash me and cleanse me. Emma. Then the Holy Spirit inside this blood cell where the fellowship is draws you through the blood of the cleansing into the Lord Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And then you're in the fellowship. Emma. Emma. Old things have passed away. Then you're in the fellowship by the Holy Spirit drawing you into a relationship with God. And then there's only... Here it is. Only one meeting place that any man can ever meet and worship today in true fellowship. That's in Christ Jesus. Amen. Do you see a church? I've been lengthy this morning. Didn't think they didn't aim to stay this long. Yeah. But I, I hope you see what I've tried to present to you. Amen. That no matter what foundation, you may be ever so good, you may belong to a fine church. That's all good. Nothing against that. But have you ever come down to the fellowship yet with Him? Coming in, the only way you'll do it is through the blood of His suffering. Then you come to the place and hear the Word and say, yes, Jesus died in my stead. I believe that. Now, I've got to be cleansed from all this temper and all this stuff that I go on with. Yes. Now, Lord, take me through the blood. Here I am. And after you while, the sweet peace that passes all understanding will come into the human heart. Then you'll look up there and say, now, I'm living in the fellowship. And wherever I go, whatever I do, I'm in this wonderful fellowship. Praise Peace that passes all understanding. The Holy Spirit's living in me. I live every day. If death comes, what can it do to me? Can't harm me? Your soul longs for something out there. Daily you're looking for it and seeing where it's at. Your old tabernacle here aches and groans and squeaks and oh my, as the old birth pains are coming upon us. That's right. What does it mean? This old lump of clay someday is going to fade away. But there's something inside of that little lump of clay there that's trying to get out. Trying to liberate itself. Oh, what is it? It's a little bird called the soul. Amen. And the only way it can free itself one morning the clay will break away and will drop and rise as ever sees the everlasting prize. When the soul goes to meet its lover out with both arms out. The only thing that's keeping you here is just a little rackety bunch of clay. And the only way that God can preach the gospel today is through that lump of clay. And that's why He's keeping you here. And that's why you sick people have a right to come to Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, if you'll only heal me now, I'll go. I may not be a preacher, but I'll talk about it. I'll do everything that I can. You are the vine. I'm one of the branches. Now, the vine doesn't bear fruit. The branches bear fruit. Not the vine, the branch. The vine only puts the energy into it. The gospel can be preached by Christ. If you open up yourself, and be a branch that'll bear forth fruit. Amen. Others can see Christ in you by your testimony, by your life, and the way you live. He's the energy, but you're the show picture. You're the walking Bible. God bless you, friend. I trust that you'll take these broke up words this morning as have been weak in my body and so forth That you'll take them into your heart and realize that I've brought them from my heart. let That get on that foundation back to fellowship with Christ. Then you'll never have to run from here and there and over yonder and around. You're in constant fellowship with Him all the time. Emma. Shall we bow our heads a moment? Thank you. Sister pianist, if you'll come up here. Thank you. Every head bowed. While we're thinking of this, I want each one of you to take this deeply in your heart now. Have I really, am I really in the place I should be? Have I really peace that passes all understanding? Have I really the fellowship that I really need with Christ? Do I talk with Him? Is my heart burning to talk every day? When I miss my little time of prayer, does my heart just yearn to get to Him? If that's not your state, friend, come today, won't you? You will. Only thing you'll have to do is just accept Him. Christ said in His words, He that heareth my words, that's what's been preached this morning, believeth on Him that sent me, not in your mind, in your heart, believeth on Him that sent me, has everlasting life right then, just as soon as He believes, shall never come into condemnation, but <coughs> pass from death unto life. <laughs> Our Heavenly Father... As we're nearing the close of this message of fellowship, we thank Thee because we can sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and fellowship on the Word while the Holy Spirit brings it to us so lovely and sweetly, strengthening our feeble beings and making us of His product. We thank Thee for it, Lord. Have you today, Heavenly Father, made a new creature out there anywhere? While the words being going forth, have they come to the waters of separation? They're entering now into the blood where they feel something pulling into their heart. Have you made a new creature this morning, Father? Only you can do it. If you have, Father, may they give a recognition of it now. While we have our heads bowed someone feel that God spoke to you and you want to become His servant. It ain't necessary if you do nothing in the world. I don't know one look but Christ alone and myself. You're not raising your hand to Brother Branham. You're raising it to Jesus Christ saying, Lord, I truly believe. God bless you, Brother. Uh, someone else raise your hand and say God bless you brother someone else raise your hand and say I believe now upon the basis of the shed blood God bless you sir God bless you my brother God bless you my brother God bless you my sister God bless you back there my brother upon the basis of the shed blood God hears my hand from this hour henceforth Lord I believe something is happening in my heart this morning give me a new start right now I believe it. Something has peace in my heart. What did he say? He done that. No man can do it except the Father draws him, and all that will accept him has everlasting life. Right then, the very minute you raise your hand, God sees it. Is there another before we pray? God bless you, lady. I see you. God bless you, brother. I see you. God bless you, brother. Coming up on what? Up on because I want to go to church? Because I want to turn a new page? No. Because something has spoke to me this morning. And I feel that I'm up now into the blood cell. Something's happened to me. I really believe different this morning than I ever believed in my life. Right now I believe that I have become a son and daughter of God. And I'm raising up my hand to you, God, not to Brother Brandon, but to you, God. That I now accept you as my own personal Savior. Something tells me in my heart that you're my Savior, and I now accept you in my heart. I'm going to be a different woman or a different man from this day on. I just know it. God bless you, sister will there be another some dozen more hands than one up right here in this little group of people a couple hundred people or more would you raise your hands and I accept it you can't unless God tells you cause you'd be doing something wrong but people who just put up their hands a few moments ago was wiping their eyes what's happened God's own word just said so he that heareth my words that was you and believe upon him and send how can you do it except he reveals himself to you and because he's done it and you've raised your hand God says he has everlasting life and shall never come into condemnation but pass from death to life never face the judgment seat no more you're already judged God judged you pulled you in you accepted it take Christ as your savior today you're saved now because you believed on him Is there another before we pray? All right. While we bow our heads quietly. Now, Heavenly Father, I don't know nothing else to do. I have asked that this word would go forth and would find its anchoring place. Many, many raise their hands today. They believe you. And they're asking now, Lord, for grace and pardon. And the very minute that you spoke to them, they realized it. They know that you had given them something in their heart. Something not emotional, but it was something that was burning in there. And they accepted it. And you said, because they did it. You accepted them, so now they are saved upon the basis of Your Word. Everyone that believed it with all their heart has right now everlasting life according to the infallible Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. We thank Thee for that. Now we pray that You'll give them long life. Thank you. Make them of Thy servants, Lord, and be accepted in the Beloved, and may they be filled with the Holy Ghost now, every one of them sealed into the kingdom of God until the day of redemption. Now, while we have our heads bowed, those that raise your hands, would you stand up just a moment? Just stand to your feet. ever who raised your hand. God bless you. Just stand up. That's <laughs> everyone that raised your hand. Just stand up to your feet. Just remain standing a few moments, if you will, all that raise your hand. All right, just remain standing. Now, will the audience raise your head? These are your fellow citizens of the kingdom. Look around who it was accepted the Christ. Shake their hand. Will you standing somebody next to him, reach over and shake their hand and say, God bless you, my brother? Each one. You're making a public testimony now, friend. Jesus said, He that will confess me before men, I'll confess him before the Father and the holy angels. Right now, immortal life dwells within you. We're thankful for you. God bless you, giving you a long life in the greatest of God's blessings. May you always remember this wonderful fellowship in your heart through Christ Jesus. God bless you. Now you can be seated. Now if I have quoted to you the scripture right, listen what God said here in His Word. Listen what Jesus said here. He that heareth my words... That's the gospel being preached. And believeth, his heart, on him that sent me hath, that's present tense right now, everlasting life that can't die, and the right, now you might not know Greek, but the right Greek translation is has zoe, which means God's own life, has zoe, and shall never come into condemnation, but pass from death unto life. Here's what happens then. If you die now, according to the Word of God, you go out of the existence of people who can see you into His presence. Amen. And there you live. You can look back, you're, in, you're not in the world no more, you're in another world. And then what do you do? You're like those souls on the altar saying, Lord, how long will it be? See, you'll never be an angel. You wasn't made an angel. You were made man and woman. So, you're longing to come back because you can see then when you get up here and say, Oh, well, I see what it's all about. I know why I had to die there. I know why that's taking place. I'm not, you never die. Jesus said, He that hears my words and believes on Him and sent me has everlasting life. You can't die. You can't die. You just you die to you, the marble part, but you're alive here. You're right here with Christ. Then you say, Lord, how long is it because you wasn't made to be there? You wasn't made that because you're a human being. And you're longing to come back into this body perfect again. And he said, just a little while longer until your fellow servants there have suffered like the martyrs did back there. Then you will return, coming down. after you go out of this body out of cosmic light and petroleum[s] and what you're made up of, you go into the fourth dimension, out of that into the fifth dimension, then the sixth dimension. Then God's in the seventh. You're right under his altar. Then when God lets your spirit loose, it picks up what? Comes out of the sixth dimension into the fifth. Cosmic light. Come out of the light into petroleum. Out of into the senses. And here you are back on earth again, a brand new person, not old and broke down, never to be sick. Your hair will never turn gray. Amen. You'll never be wrinkled. You'll never separate no more. Amen. You'll never die. You'll never be hungry. Amen. You'll never have a weary. And live forever and forever in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Ever. That's what you got this morning because you heard the Word of God. Isn't it simple? Preachers make it so complicated you have to come and, and take prohibitions and all these other things. It's not. The Bible said it's so plain even a fool shouldn't it? Just accepting it, believing it, something happens in here, and God moves in with His Spirit, and that little hollow place there in the heart, now that's soul. Now you believe the Word of God, and you have everlasting Amen. life. Now what you need now, if you've never been baptized with water, is to be baptized for the remission of your sins, and then God has promised to give you the Holy Spirit the very minute you're baptized. You can do it right now, without even being baptized. Then peace comes into the heart and everything. Then you begin. Then you can really shout like a Christian should shout. Then the speaking with tongues. And then the gifts of the Spirit begins to manifest behind a pure heart. A real foundation. Watch what happens then. Then that's real Holy Spirit. But if you just come up on a little emotion, it'll never work. You'll go right back out and hate. You watch your hearts now how you long to read the Bible. How you want to get along to talk with him and say, Oh, Father, oh, I just love you. That's the fellowship. See, that's what we need. Don't you think so, friends? God bless you. Now there's some sick people here to be prayed for. And if we haven't got cards out or a thing to bring the people to put them in line, so I'm going to ask you, I believe i see him lead a man in just now and set him out here. There was a man I sat between two brothers there this morning. And I was sitting there and I know that they both needing healing. Then back there in the back, i seen someone else come in that I know was very sick. Now if you believe me to be his servant. Now look, what is this? In the Garden of Eden, the fellowship of God and his masterpiece, his human being, was perfect. God was right along watching Adam. Now, if right, the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from sin, what is God again? Right, you're in fellowship again. Here He is. We're in fellowship. That's Him that you feel in your heart. That's Him that made you forget all the troubles that's gone away. That made, that's what did it. Now, that same Lord Jesus that died for your sins has died for your sicknesses. Now, you can never, no matter what takes place, you can never, never, never get anywhere with Him until first you believe it in your heart that He died for your sin or your sickness. Is that right? Uh, now, there is such a thing as gifts. That's right. And God, by His grace, has given a gift that you could stand here and it would tell you who you are probably, where you come from, what about it, and for your sickness and what your outcomes go to be. That might be so. But it would be based upon what? Upon nothing but the Word of God. See? Upon your personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. Now, don't you believe that His Spirit can move in this building and heal every sick person? My sick brother, you believe that? You believe that There, knowing that the only thing you can do is either accept Him or die because cancer would kill you. You'd have to die. See, And don't you believe that Jesus Christ would make you well? There's only one hope that you have and that's in Him, isn't it, brother? And that, that's the only way you can ever be well. Now, doctors just give you up. they ain't nothing they can do about it. Cancer is going right on through and it's going to kill you. Now, that's all they can do. They're honest men. They've looked at you. Ms. Morgan, are you standing back there somewhere? I thought I'd seen you come in a while ago. Mrs. Morgan. Uh, uh, here, uh, Turner, can you look around, sir? Just kind of look your head around. Stand up, Mrs. Morgan, if you would, just a moment there's a lady nurse one of my first cases about 12, 14 years ago was dying here just under a bunch of skeletons and bones and she was a cancer case eat up with cancer all through her look at her now wouldn't you like to have health like that again what happened she believed the very same thing that I'm asking you to believe and she wouldn't no matter you couldn't make anything else the doctor comes and says, well, just about another few hours or another few days, she'll be gone. Others in here, here since a lady here a few Easter's ago, right here playing the piano, dying with cancer. Amen. They're just everywhere in here, see, dying with cancer. Now what happened? Did everyone come get healed? No, some of them believed it up here in their head. But some of them looked up to God and they come down here. I don't care what the doctor says or anybody else says. It's soul. see. It's soul because it's here. Can you believe it like that? You believe that He is going to let you live, my brother? Would you serve God all your life if He had let you live? Would you do it? With all your heart? And you believe that Jesus died to make you well, my brother? God bless your heart. I believe you will receive it right. Frankly, I believe you have now. See? Because just the minute you believe, that's when you receive it. Now, how many with Him that's sick will stand to your feet? Just a minute. That's sick will stand with this brother? Just stand up to your feet? And I bless you just stand up just remain standing a minute that's right that's right now will you stand my brother alright now I want some well person standing near them put your hands over on them will you do it somebody turn around and put your hands on these people that's right Oh, whole lot of time great position you <laughs> I'm responsible for the Word. I tell you by the Word of God that Jesus Christ, the one who died to have this fellowship, is right here now. He's in the building right now with you all. That's Him. The thing isn't touching... One another, or touching me, or touching some preacher, it's touching him. It's touching him. Do you believe now that your faith has reached up to a place that you feel in your heart you're going to be well? If you do, say amen. Now, bow your head. Now, I want each one of you to, I'm going to repeat this prayer, and you pray it from your heart. Now, you just say the things that I say Dear God, I come to thee now believing that you gave Jesus to heal my body and to save my soul. I accept Him as my Savior and I now accept Him as my healer. Your servants to doctors have done all they can do for me, but they're just man. And they they can't go no farther. So I bring my body to you. The great creator. The one who made me. You know every part of me. And I believe now in my heart that I'm going to be well. Because I'm standing believing it. And on the basis of the shed blood, I believe and in my heart, something's happened. And I know I'm going to be well. And I give thee praise for it now, Lord. And I'll serve thee all my life. And give my body and my time to your service. Lord, I believe. Amen. Now with your heads bowed, Amen. Keep that in your heart. Keep that confessing. Amen. Heart, I believe. Amen. Right now, what's the matter? You're healed. Thank you. The Holy Spirit, that truth, that faith has moved down into your heart. Now, I'm going to pray for you. And the thing I'm going to do is to pray and cast away that evil, that doubt that would hang around you. you. And make it leave you so you can go out of here real thankful. Yes. Now, Heavenly Father, I come to Thee. As your unprofitable servant. But I'm
1: remembered. As my fingerprints is on this altar here.
0: I'm remembering the years that I've served you here. I'm remembering the angel who's met me here. I remember his words to me. And what you would do if I asked. And get the people to believe. And I'm coming now Lord. To this evil's power of doubt that would hover around these people to make them disbelieve in any manner. I'm coming through the blood of the Lord Jesus. I'm coming by that welcome mat that's laid out to me this morning. Bringing every one of these souls, like I did that little really Indian girl, right up to the white throne of God, standing under her and watching the holy angels fly with wings over their face. And I'm presenting them to thee this morning, Lord, and applying the the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ upon them. And I condemn every devil, every devil of doubt, every darkness, every shadow of death. I rebuke thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Come away from these people that they might return and be whole and well. Grant it, Almighty God. To Jesus, the Son of God, I pray it and say it that it shall be so. Amen. Raise up your hands now and say, thank you, Lord, for my healing. Look at there, that's the way Thank you, Lord, for my healing. Oh, wow. now somebody raise up, shake their hands and congratulate them for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's over. Now, look, I've seen them holding a man back there. I've seen a man here. Sir, you won't have to be led out. You have strength of your own. God gives you strength. Oh, what fellowship. Oh. done all they could do, my friend. Couldn't raise up by himself or nothing. Here he is walking under the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost. How we thank thee, Father. We thank thee for everyone that was healed today. Everyone that was saved. A man gripping my hands and speaking of the Lord Jesus. Many accepted to thee. Oh, our hearts are rejoicing, Father. Bring us back again tonight to the glory of God. May these people that saved go out of here singing and happy. May those who are healed go out rejoicing. When the doctors look at him and say, what's happened? Then the testimony will come forth. Grant it, Lord, for your glory. Dismiss us from this flesh this presence share of each other, but never out of your presence. Walk with us in this fellowship, Father, and bring us back again tonight. For we ask that in Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. Now shake one another's hands and have a glorious good time. God bless you. That's good.